This is Tyrone Brooks, Director of Player Personnel for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and you are listening to the LC and Jack Show. Listening to the LC and Jack Radio Show live from New York. And now, here are your hosts, LC and Jack. Welcome to the LC and Jack Radio Show with your boys, LC and the Breadman, holding you down. Give us a shout here in the studio. You can reach us at area code 347-843-4738. Up close and personal, Urban Talk Radio. Well, we thank you for joining us for another edition of the show. And I tell you, get ready. We've got a great guest tonight. It should be a tremendous interview, very enlightening, uh, young brother doing his thing, so um, really excited to have him on the show. My partner in crime, the bread man, what's happening, Brett? What's good, LC? Hey, it's now football and prime swing and basketball, so, but we're going to heat it up and talk some more baseball tonight with our guests, so why don't we get right to it? How's that sound? Like a plan. Our guest is the director of player personnel for the Pittsburgh Pirates. We are so happy and pleased to welcome to the LC and Jack Radio Show, Mr. Tyrone Brooks. Hello, Tyrone. How Pleasure are you? To be here, guys. Thanks again. We're going to jump right into it. We know you have limited time, so we're going to get right into the swing of things. I know you do a lot of things, Tyrone, in and around the community. Can you tell the audience what your position that entails? In my role, I, I work closely with uh, our general manager, uh, Neil Huntington of the Pirates, uh, and uh, myself and Greg Greg Smith, he's one of our assistant GMs. We essentially oversee all of our, our scouting efforts uh, when it comes to the professional side, when it comes to covering Major League and Minor League Baseball. And also, uh, we have a smaller set of, of individuals that cover international baseball when it comes to um, uh, baseball in Asia, uh, Europe, uh, also uh, Australia as well. So it's uh, pretty much a lot of different different elements when it comes to both at the major league level, minor league level, and then also seeing international baseball when it comes to uh, professional and amateur baseball on that side. Uh, wow. So it's definitely trying to be the be the be a middle person between our GM and our scouts and providing the information he needs to make the best decisions for trades and uh, free agent signings. Now, how much of a hand do you have working with the general manager as far as making trades and those types of things? How much input do you actually have in that process? Uh, very, very closely. Uh, I get an opportunity to, um, one, I, I talk to our scouts, try to make sure I'm their voice 
the guys they're interested in, make sure he knows that. Um, mm-hmm. And also, as far as the the process of us putting together our, our roster every year, I'm involved in uh, in the selection process as we go through analyzing which players we think could be good fits for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, and then as we work through the whole winter, putting together a club every year, I'm heavily involved in that whole entire process. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, thankfully, uh, this has been a, a great industry for me to have a chance to work in for the last 20 years. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I tell you, uh, for all of us, July 4th is a special day, but it's also a special day for you personally. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, with uh, I mean, with, with with the Fourth of July, I mean, it's, it's funny how uh, I actually got married during that time uh, back in 2004. So it was kind of a a crazy thing for you know a baseball executive in most cases typically gets married and then in the winter, uh, like in November, December, you know, late October, just to stay away from the, the baseball season. But uh, for me, uh, I ended up getting married during right during the course of uh, the middle of that year and thankfully uh, John Schultz who was my boss years ago with Atlanta Braves allowed me to get married during that time so so every year it's always quite a still busy time for us from a baseball perspective uh, when I'm celebrating my anniversary every year on July 3rd wow and I think around that time if I'm correct and you you can tell me if I'm not you actually was hired full-time by uh, John around that time yeah it was something that uh when I came in uh, with the Atlanta Braves, I started as an intern uh, through a program that was created by Hank Aaron, uh, the legendary Hall of Famer and executive, and Stan, Stan Kasten, who was the uh, president of the Braves at that time. That program was, uh, at the time, was a minority-based program that, that gave me my first start in the game. And uh, thankfully for that, that provided a, an avenue to get in, and uh, it happened to be in the middle of that summer which was during mm-hmm. right around the time the Summer Olympics were taking place in Atlanta. And uh, just to get that opportunity was, for me, was a real life changer as far as that opportunity that I was able to get started full-time with the Braves. Uh, and now here it is 20 seasons later. So it's been, it's been quite a ride. And I'm thankful for that opportunity. And definitely, you know, I, it's one of my passions for sure is seeing other people have a chance to blaze that same type of trail and pass as they try to work in this game. No doubt about it. From a a young man starting out, Brett, earning $6 an hour mm-hmm. to a uh, full-fledged front office director player personnel, uh, if you've done a tremendous job. And I, I understand uh, recently you've interviewed uh, for that. I don't want to say ultimate. I mean, you can tell me uh, if that's the case, but getting to that general manager position, can you – and, and I don't know how much you can talk, but can you give a, a brief insight to what the interview process goes for a position like general manager? Yeah, sure. I mean, just talking about the opportunity, obviously it's a, it's a tremendous honor to get uh, to get recognized for the chance to, to interview for such an opportunity. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, I had a great chance to talk with them regarding their GM position, and uh, they uh, they had a a very systematic process and what they were doing as far as trying to get the right candidate in their minds for the organization. Uh, they said they started with around 40 plus names and then they dwindled it down to 11 and then they interviewed five, including myself. And, uh, you know, consider one of those five was, uh, was quite the honor. 
to come in and uh, go through a process of, you know, talking about my background, getting a chance to, to, hey, this is your opportunity. How would you start to build a franchise? And, you know, mm-hmm. going through that type of questioning, uh, how would I build a staff together? Um, it was something that for me was uh, was a new experience. You know, one of the great things I will say is the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates organization was so supportive of me as I went through this process uh, with uh, including our president Frank Coonley and our GM Neil Huntington. You know, definitely giving me opportunity to the one interview for, but also them helping me during the course of that process to interview. Uh, and that was something that I'm tremendously uh, honored and thankful for. And, uh, you know, the process, actually, you know, the owner of the Brewers, Mark Athanasio, he's a great gentleman. Uh, he actually is based in Los Angeles. So I went out to Los Angeles to meet with himself, meet with him and his uh, his staff, uh, mm-hmm. including three others that were involved in that process. So it was something that, uh, you know, basically was over a three-and-a-half, four-hour process to talk with him about the organization. They wanted to hear my thoughts on how I can make them better. And... Uh, and it's something that, uh, you know, for me, I was honored. I was included in that process, and they decided to go a different direction with uh, Mr. David Stearns, who uh, who I've been with the Astros as their assistant GM, and uh, he's a smart and great individual, and uh, he's going to do great things in Milwaukee with that organization. So, uh, but I was thankful to go through that process. Hey, Tyrone, was that the first interview uh, general manager's uh, job that that you had so far? Yeah, that, that was that was the the first interview that I've had with uh, for that type of position. So it was uh, definitely a learning experience for me, and something that I will definitely be able to take going forward uh, if that opportunity does get presented itself again. Oh, doubt, no doubt about it. I mean, just getting the opportunity to uh, really get a feel of uh, some of the successes that you've had in your brief tenure, I'm sure you're going to rise up to that general manager position. Uh, Sooner than later, definitely. Uh, I mean, you've done it all. I'm still amazed of the work and being here and based uh, in New York City. I'm, I'm being a big Met fan. Um, you know, the bread yeah. man. I, I, I don't even know where you. You are you a Kansas City guy? Where, where are you, Brad? I forget, Yankee, man. man. Come on, Yankees. Oh, he's Yankee, Yankee guy. So we so we buy our talent out here, Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least at least up in the Bronx. When we go to Queens, yeah. uh, we've gotten on a on a very uh, tight budget, so we've gone, uh, you know, the homegrown, as they call it. Mm-hmm. So, as yeah. you know well, uh, the Mets, you know, this year almost made it to the top. We came up a little short, but I say that to say, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates had a tremendous year, and you're one of the reasons why they almost made it. To play the Mets instead of the Cubs, uh, you know, looking up and down the roster, a lot of homegrown type players. One that he he, he every time I watch you guys play, uh, seeing uh, Andrew McCutcheon, what a player! What a player! I mean, yeah, you have a lot of other ones, player. but you know, yeah, he's deadly, and, and also also a great individual. What he's able to been able to do. Uh, and also providing a little bit of a platform for what he's been doing in the community as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we're very blessed to have him in our organization and what he's been able to do for the city of Pittsburgh. And, you know, you got to – I can. my first year with the Pirates was in 2010, and I can just remember how with that season, you know, we had a lot of young players that were just learning 
the whole process to, 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 to play in the big leagues and how to be a major league player. And mm-hmm. just to see that uh, the last three years making the playoffs, you know, after, you know, the organization having a string of 20 plus years of not making the playoffs, not having a winning season. And to see us go through that transformation has been quite incredible and to be a part of that process. You know, with so many great staff members that we do have here, uh, including our general manager and president and ownership and how they've been, you know, so supportive of the organization and how we could have a plan and have a long-term vision has been uh, quite incredible. And, and it's been a great ride to be on so far. Um, the biggest challenges that we still face going forward is just trying to continue to build on that. And uh, one, to get past that wild card game, that's, that's been a challenge here the last three years, you know, the, after we won it in 2013. Uh, but uh, ultimately, you want to win the division, which you have to do if you can, and then uh, and then at that point, give advance further to obviously get to try to get that chance to get to the World Series, which is something we're trying to build on. Oh, I, I mean, I think you just about have all the pieces in place. Sometimes, I mean, the division uh, that you're in is just, I mean, with the Cubs rising up quickly and across St. Louis, very uh, very challenging. Uh, division for you guys to be in and still win. I think it was ninety eight games, which was yeah, it's, what a what a feat. Ninety eight games. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's just amazing to win the second most number of games in, in the big leagues. And uh, uh, and obviously, you look back during every year during the season, you can always look back. What about this game or that game? But, uh, right. But obviously, we we have, we have to just push forward. And, you know, it's just a there's some games you know you probably shouldn't have won but we did end up winning so it, i think it all balanced itself out at some point so you get really you truly got to win really if you can win that division you know it's just it's helpful to do that just to, have, to guarantee you're going into that next phase and having a chance to win three out of five in another series so uh, 2013 was incredible for us here and that set a real big tone here in this, in this city of pittsburgh and seeing what we could do as an organization and uh to win that wild card game and then have a chance to battle the Cardinals to game five. You know? So that was something that we will we'll always remember. It's something that our players, they had a burning desire to want to get back following the last two years. So I tell you, I, you know, I, I definitely was rooting for you, but, and, you know, I, I was happy, I think, to play the Cubs more so than you guys. I think you guys were a better team. <laughs> it's, it's always, always tough uh, during, the, during the season. Uh, Mets couldn't get a win against you guys. I think maybe won one game the whole time playing Pittsburgh. So I was like, and, and it happened to be uh, Chicago too, but Chicago more swinging for the fence type of team. We were able to kind of close that out pretty quickly. So I thought we were kind of fortunate not playing Pittsburgh. I think that would have been a lot tougher matchup for us to uh, compete. So I think uh, we'll all be uh, looking at you next year. It'll be very competitive there in that National League. I, I, I really do believe yeah. it. Out. Yeah, definitely. People have noticed just the, the strength of the division and what's going on with St. Louis. And obviously the Cubs have made a, a good push as well with their young players that have come up and gone, come fast. Uh, so definitely we're going to have our hands full here the next few years. And uh, The Mets obviously did a great job in having this pitching that they were able to develop in their system internally uh, that have come come along very well. And, uh, it, the key thing is having pitching. You got to have that. That's just a, something you have to have as a foundation. And if you can have pitching, you're always got a chance to to win. Why uh, Tyrone? Certain organizations 
have developed pitching or positional players than other organizations? Is is the emphasis just say like the Mets to say as as just speaking with them, with more so known for developing pitching over the many years and not really positional players. Very rare, you know, Giles Strawberry was a positional player. Um, is there any reason for that? Is it just the, the focus of the particular organization? I, I, well, I think every, every organization is different in how they try to line things up as far as their process of how they go about it. And the, the tough thing that most organizations have to deal with, you have to make you have to make tough choices along the way. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're going to have an opportunity if you've done the right thing as far as trying to develop pitching and you're you have a, a plethora of it as you're going through the minor leagues, but you got to remember there's such an attrition rate where guys are going to fall off and, and not actually make it. So it's just important you have as much as you can, but also you, you didn't have to understand, you know, which which players are really part of our core that we can hold on to, and then which players that we need to. At some point, we might have to move those players to get position players to add to our club. Uh, so that's the one challenge every organization has to go through in deciding as they're trying to build. You know which players can they really hold on to as part of their core, and which players that they may might need to see utilize their value that they have as, as a prospect mm-hmm. to then 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 add a position player sometimes to that mix. I mean, my whole time I worked for the Atlanta Braves, that was a big part of what we did. We had to be able to we our goal was to develop as much pitching as possible, and then using that group of and that plethora of pitching to then go out and get a position player that you might need at that time. Uh, and also just doing the the right thing and bringing in the right veterans that could come in and, and fit in to the environment that you have there and then can hopefully bring something around that core of young players that you have. And, uh, you know, there's just great examples of that and some of the things with the Giants and uh, in the past. And, you know, Kansas City had the, had the right right mix of guys they were able to, to bring through their system, plus also making some good trades along the way as they were still building uh, the big deal with Tampa Bay they had was a great deal for them and helped them with getting you know Wade Davis and, and James Shields James for several years. That, that, so that helped them tremendously to add those pieces they felt they needed to get themselves over the hump. And they had a young position group and then added that pitching that came along with it. And uh, it, it turned out to be the right mix with some of the veterans they were able to have with those guys. Yeah, they they, they definitely uh... – Made some aggressive moves, uh, as they say in poker. Put all the chips in the middle of the table and said, "Hey, we're going for mm-hmm. it. We got to win it this year." So, uh, definitely, like you said, uh, it's a uh, kind of a chess game, trying to figure out, you know, the core players who you want to stay with, who you're going to have to move to bring in the key pieces. You need to make a complete team. It's, it's definitely an art. Something that uh, you've learned. You, you truly, and you truly have to have a pipeline of players. That's where the draft is very, still very important. International signings, that's all still very important in that process for any organization. So you have to have that working in tandem with everything else going on there. So and the one thing you do realize when you get to the postseason, there's so many people that you have to be thankful for to get you when you're at to that point because so many people are part of that whole process. You know, the minor league mm-hmm. coaches. You know, your scouts that have been on the road seeing high school, colleges, junior college players uh, doing stuff internationally, uh, and then your pro staff that's in the big leagues or in the minor leagues, I mean, it definitely takes a, a team effort. And uh, having analysts, and, uh, now the game has become, become more and more analytical. 
So there's ways to try to uncover some things and also just to having analysts and various people that are in your front office that are involved in the process. So it's, it's definitely a truly a team effort to, to have a chance to build a winner. There's no doubt about it. It's, now, is, is the push, and you, and you see it in baseball and some of the other sports, to, and, you, and you just mentioned it, is through the draft and through younger players, you, you, don't, you see more and more teams. Uh, we mentioned the Mets, uh, Kansas City, and dozens of other teams really getting those young players. I mean, they're coming through the system quick. And they're making an impact in these organizations. It, do you see that that's that's uh, the wave now, pretty much? I mean, in, in football, I mean, it, it's all about really the young players now. I mean, yeah, you do have the older players, but not as much. And it's all about the young players. As soon as they come out of college, boom, you're in. I mean, it's a little bit different in yeah. baseball, I understand. But it seems like the college players come in the baseball minor league and they'll, they'll go to double a and they, next thing you know they could be up in the pros it's not like you know you got to go all the way triple a anymore yeah i mean definitely having young players provide so so much flexibility for your roster just because you're, they're going to be you know minimum salary players that you have years of control over at that point and that gives you the flexibility to then go out and spend a little bit extra for that veteran or somebody that might be that right piece you think to complement what you do have and what you're building uh, so having players come along that are in their first or second years in the big leagues is extremely valuable uh, just from a cost-saving standpoint. And then adding that into the mix and hopefully having other people around them uh, is uh, just tremendous as far as giving that opportunity to, to do something extremely well and and uh, have a chance to win at that point. Having those players, hopefully they've gone through the minor leagues and have learned the game the right way. And you know most organizations do a really good job at how they – help have that player adapt to that transition going from the minor leagues to the major leagues. And Kansas City is a great example. Uh, my old boss is uh, Dayton Moore, the general manager there, and I had a chance to work with him for over 10 years in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And to, to see what he's been able to do with that group and transform that organiza- organization from top to bottom is uh, quite 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 the uh, kind of the stroke of genius and how he was able to do that and putting the right people in place around those guys. Uh, but he provided a platform. They, they obviously went through a, a, a couple of lean years and uh, understood that. That was part of their long-term you know, plan as far as they were going to have to probably take some lumps there. But right. uh, eventually, it's been pretty sweet the last two years for those guys to, to one, to get to the World Series and then now to conquer as far as winning that World Series. So. No doubt about it. It pays off uh, and it seems like they have a very good foundation there. Like you said, uh, the farm system, I believe there is is still very strong, so that's the key. If you're just tuning in, we are so uh, thankful to have Tyrone Brooks, the Director of Player Personnel for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, you have mentioned, Tyrone, the Atlantic Braves, who you broke in. The philosophy, specifically in Atlanta, of pitching is so so much different than it is now. I mean, at, you know, you know, here Smoltz and Glavin and a lot of the those guys that anchored that pitching staff. It wasn't so much the pitching limits that, that you know that they are today. It, it it seems like and and a lot of these pitchers are getting hurt more often, so you know they put these pitch limits. But get to, depending on who you speak to, it's 
some of the classic pitchers from back in the day said there should not be pitch limits. And then you talk about, you know, I understand executives say, hey, we have 50, 80 million, 100 million, 200 million dollars <laughs> vested in this player. So we're going to do what we can to protect it. Is there is there a fine balance there of kind of old philosophy, new philosophy? How does, I guess you could speak for Pittsburgh's philosophy when it goes to that. Well, I mean, we, we look for, we understand it's, uh, it, there's going to be an attrition rate with these with these pitchers, so it's a challenge of trying to develop as much as you can. Uh, understanding that you know we want to make sure that the health of every arm is, is is taken care of, and you know as we go through the process of uh, building these arms, we we do have to be careful as far as you know innings and pitches. You know, and we, mm-hmm. we look closely at that. Understanding having a gradual buildup as they go through the, the process throughout the minor leagues. You know, say, for example, you have a player that you just signed out of high school or out of college, and if right. they threw a good number of innings that year, you know, we're even within, we're looking at, okay, what did they throw that year coming out of high school? So when they come in as a professional initially, we have a baseline of where they've been. Uh, and then as they get into their first full year, from there we can start building on at a percentage there at that, at that stage just to make sure that uh, their workload has been closely regulated during the course of that, you know, and uh, that's just really just part of how we try to do it. And most organizations are very, very similar. And uh, so when that player does get to the big leagues, then we're from there, we're, we're continuing to monitor. I mean, Garrett Cole, who, who's with us with Pittsburgh is a, is a great example. You know, when he got to the big leagues, you know, we closely monitored his innings as he came along uh, every once in a while. Just in, in in the case of say like a Matt Harvey or guy, we have to start at some point watching closely on their innings as they go along, especially if anybody's coming off any kind of previous injury or something like that as well. Uh, right. But understanding, hey, during the season there might be an opportunity to skip a start for a guy here or there, uh, just to give them a quite a, a little breather during the course of the season if you can, just because one they're taking themselves to a, a, a limit they have never been to at that point and. Uh, but once they get an opportunity to do so, you know, physically their body and all is getting used to this the load and the workload. And you just, uh, you know, you just really you do have to just hope in some cases there that, that there's not going to be any kind of a breakdown with these guys. But understanding how much of a workload each guy has been has been put on each player. So we try to monitor it very closely. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's it's just amazing. And again, things do change. Times change. Methods change big thing is medicine and and that's a whole nother show we could talk about and i'm sure you could discuss hey how important my medical staff is to give you the latest updates on these pitchers players because there are investments you guys are spending thousands millions of dollars on these players and you, you got to have the best possible doctors so you get the possible you know best advice so you know how to handle the player so there's a, the, you know, I give you credit. There's a lot of moving pieces, and it's uh, not easy. Not easy to uh, manage the whole thing. Now, mm-hmm. Tyrone, I know that you, uh, uh, one of the programs you were involved with is the Career Initiatives Training Program. I believe is that's the one I believe that uh, you got involved with the Atlantic Braves, as yep. well as. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're a member of the Buck O'Neill Professional Scouts and Coaches Association. 
Correct, and and actually we we actually just had our our annual meeting of the Buck O'Neill uh, Professional Scouts and Coach Association this past weekend, uh, which was held in Chicago, and we actually rotated every year from one city to another. But uh, you know we were honored back years ago that Buck allowed us to to utilize his name and to honor him um, as far as his contributions to baseball and creating this scouting association. And uh, part of what we try to do really is just try to as a group, scouts from all over the country all come together uh, all throughout. Um, the bulk of us are, you know, are, are minorities that come together, uh, and it, but it's open to anyone. And we come we come together with a chance to try to help grow each other uh, in this industry. We talk about the issues that are taking place within the industry that we have to deal with uh, right. internally, but also the big part is trying just trying to develop each other. If we can help grow one another. That's going to be something that's extremely important and a chance to network and meet other people from throughout the country. And many times you might not get a chance to see a guy, maybe except for once or twice a year. So this is a great opportunity to see somebody and get a chance to know them better. Um, I've had the great fortune of when I've put together my staff from pro scouting stance, we've been able to, I've been able to hire several guys that I got to know through the Buck O'Neill and just got the chance to know them better. Uh, But a, a big part of what we try to do also is, in whatever city that we happen to go to that year, in mm-hmm. this case Chicago, we do a clinic there in that city as well. And it's, it's our opportunity to give back nice. to the local kids somewhere there. Uh, this year we were in Chicago, so we ended up going into you know, downtown Chicago on the south side. Uh, at the, we, went, we did a clinic at the University of Illinois, Chicago, uh, which is the home and alma mater of uh, Curtis Granderson of the uh, Mets. And yeah. Curtis actually did a tremendous thing by – building a new complex for them baseball-wise. And, uh, and that included an indoor facility that we utilized this past weekend for a camp. And the Chicago White Sox do a tremendous job with a program they have called the uh, ACE program. And it's an opportunity to give kids beginning at like age 12 through 17 a chance to, to play baseball, play games, get instruction. And a lot of times it's opportunity, something that they a lot of times will not get a chance to get access to. And this program has been tremendous in uh, helping kids get access, get equipment, have a chance to play. Uh, but the biggest part, providing opportunities to go to college. And that's a big part of what they try to do. And, uh, just a couple of days ago was National Letter Intent Day as far as signings. And they've had a ton of kids from their program that now have gotten a chance to, to sign letters of intent to go play college baseball. Uh, that's great. Give them an opportunity to have a chance to hopefully, you know, get an edu- one first and foremost, get an education. And then if they have a chance to, to go beyond that in a professional level, that's tremendous. But uh, the foundation of it is getting access to the game. It did providing you know, educational opportunities for those kids that go to play in college somewhere and utilize right. that baseball and you and utilize it get an education So in that vehicle. So. Oh, that's great, man. I mean, uh, that, that's just great to hear. You give them back and, you know, minorities just – kind of branching out, passing information and wisdom along. I tell you, that's phenomenal. That's, that's part of the show. We try to get the information out. You know, we always get emails on, you know, everybody sees usually the end product, whether it be a big entertainer, someone like yourself that's an executive. They never realize that it takes time for individuals to, by the time you see them, they've put in, it, you know, a lot of hard work to get where they at. It didn't happen overnight, and that's one of the angles that we that we uh, try to get out each and every week. 
like I said, we're so happy to have you on and talk a little bit about that. And, you know, you, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, we're sure shortly that you're going to have the opportunity to believe uh, to be, I believe, the fifth, only the fifth African-American to be a general manager. We know that's going to happen. I think that started with, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Bill Lucas, who was the first. No, that's correct. Yeah, he, he, to, he never he never quite had the title, but that was what he did, and, and people recognize that and understand where he where he started there in Atlanta doing that. So, mm-hmm. so we know that's going to happen for you. you. You're beyond qualified for the position. Uh, what would you say for those youth that's listening now and and uh, I, I know a little bit because I had a couple friends that unfortunately didn't make it. They went to minor league ball, and they <laughs> when they got to minor league ball, they told me, "Wow, this is this is <laughs> unbelievable how tough it is." And not even just that, just the, the amount of travel, and it's not like on luxury buses and all that stuff. So it's it, yeah. it, it's it, you know, like people say, you gotta love what you do because it, it's a lot of challenge. Uh, and a minor league for those players, let's say that just start like 16 years old or 18, they don't go to college to play ball. They go right in, and you guys uh, give them a chance. Can 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 you tell what's the quality? If I if I want to be a professional baseball player, what's some of the qualities that you look for as an executive for an individual to give these these kids an idea of what they should be looking to build themselves up to or, or qualities to have to, in order to have a chance to to be a professional player? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, we, I mean, we look at, you know, look, besides looking at the ability as far as how they can, you know, run, field, throw, hit, hit with power, we also want to know, you know, about this, per- this person as an individual and, you know, are they passionate about playing the game? What's the reason why they want to play the game? You know, is it due to, are you motivated by money or are you motivated by, hey, this is something you love to do? Do you have a true passion for it? And, you know, we, we try to get to that level with the players as we're mm-hmm. investigating players during the course of that process of going through the draft. Uh, you know, the biggest thing for a player that's coming out of high school is are they physically and mentally ready at that time to make that transformation from a high school player to being now a professional where this is your living, it's something you are now on a daily basis going to be dealing with, uh, not like in college where a player might play, you know, a course of four, maybe four games a week, or, you know, in this case, you know, every day you're at it as a professional, trying to get better each and every day, uh, pushing yourself to to a, a new limit. And it, it's definitely, it's a, it's a challenge for, for any person that's going to go through, but we try to make sure, you know, are they mentally ready Um, The one thing that we do when we first go into the process of trying to sign a player, especially even out of high school, is we are concerned about them and their welfare as far as their education. Um, MLB does have a plan called the MLB College Scholarship Plan. And that plan basically allows us, when we agree to a terms terms on on a signing bonus with that player, we also end up agreeing to an amount to cover their college uh, for the course of eight semesters. Uh, So that's something they have as a fallback in their back pocket. You know, oh, that's, that's actually kind of a it's kind of an information that a lot of times the parents, when I talk in different clinics, including the one I spoke to lot this past weekend, you know, the families a lot of times are not fully informed about that. They may not fully know all that information. So it's right. great when you can get that out there that, you know, we're committed to 
giving them an opportunity for them educationally. They can they can utilize that money while they're playing, you know, if they have time during the off season. Uh, but also, it's there mainly to be there for sure when their career comes to an end. They have that to fall back upon and utilize. That money is basically just sitting there; it's not going anywhere uh, for that player to utilize. And, well, that's great news. Didn't and we, know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And it's, it's something that you know, as far as a player who has an opportunity to go play in college, you know, the one challenge we all deal with from an industry standpoint is there's a limited number of college scholarships that are out there uh, at the Division One level highest level, they only have 11.7 scholarships that they must divvy up amongst 35 players. So um, c- compared to you know basketball and football, where they have a lot of full scholarships, and college baseball, unfortunately, there's a lot of scholarships that are split up, You know whether it's 25% here or 50%. Uh, hopefully, maybe there's an academic component for that player, if they're a good student, that they can put toward that. Um, but the challenge is we need to get more and more players coming through the pipeline if they are going to play in college to be going through that that level um but we provide a great opportunity for a kid if they do if they are physically and mentally ready to go play professional baseball at a high school you know and then that college scholarship covers everything for their cost during the course of college so that's a full ride and basically can't be taken away from you it's something that's there you know at the division one level each college scholarship is, is renewable each and every year so the amount could change you know during the course of that so uh, definitely nothing against college baseball, but we do have quite an attractive package we have to offer as far as professional baseball. And it's competitive for you because you, you know, you you may not be able to get that player if he does go to college. Uh, you may not be able to grab him um, after he goes to college. So it's it's a business for you, and you, you know you want to get the best possible talent. A uh, couple more, Tyrone, and then we'll we'll let you go. Yeah, yeah. you, I believe have a uh, baseball industry network on LinkedIn. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that and if, if that network is still available to be joined? Yeah, it's it's something that definitely is uh, really a true passion of mine. And that's, um, I realized, you know, years ago, it was like, hey, I didn't have very many roadblocks to break into this industry. And uh, in August of 2009, I was thinking about, People would ask me, how did, how did you break into the industry? And, you know, how did you get yourself in the door? And, uh, you know, I looked at creating a network that would bring together professionals that are already in the industry, bring them together to, to be united as a whole. But also I wanted to make sure there was an avenue for any young student or person that's trying to get into to baseball, has a passion for it. And uh, the whole idea was to bring them together hopefully have other professionals that are willing to give a little bit of their time uh, to connect or you know, virtually through LinkedIn, uh, where the, the group is housed, uh, and also just have a chance to, power of relationships is so important. And with uh, this group and the baseball industry network and what LinkedIn is, what LinkedIn means, truly the idea of, of business networking and, uh, and bringing that all together and having a passion for the game uh, and then the, the group has now grown to nearly 28,000 members. And, wow. Uh, thanks to really a lot of word of mouth, people being on LinkedIn, seeing their other colleagues and other people join it. Uh, it's been something that, for me, it's been uh, something a true passion to see people, to get opportunities in the game. And I, I know personally I can attest to at least hundreds and hundreds of people have been able to break into the game based upon joining the Baseball Industry Network, which is housed on LinkedIn 
uh, within the group directory there. And it's the largest baseball group that's on there. And uh, through the group, I try to have you know, anywhere from five to seven events during the year. It gives people a chance to, to connect with other people that are in the industry, uh, both face-to-face and also just virtually with the, with the site. And uh, and right now, I, I, it's funny, one of our most recent discussion threads I put on there is I'm looking for people that are in baseball operations. I want to get into baseball operations, that have a passion for it, passion for it and, you know, I want them to tell their story because I believe everybody has a story to be told. You know, I have my story, but everybody has their own story that, that they should that should tell and also that should be heard. And yes. uh, if there's a case where you never know where somebody can reach out to you because they see your story and they want to understand more about you and see how you could be a potential fit within their organization. And, you know, and that's the one thing we also have to make sure with our kids and throughout the country, you know, especially those in the African-American community. If you have a passion for baseball and you love the game, and maybe you you take it as far as you can as far as playing, but there is a, there is an avenue on the other side as a professional that's out there working in the front office, working helping an organization in some form, whether you're in scouting, whether you're in coaching, whether you're in community relations or working on the business side, working in sales, working in marketing, you know, community relations, you name it. I mean, there's so many other elements out there. Um, I had the great pleasure today to speak at a local high school here in Pittsburgh, and they have a sports management program at this high school. And just to give those kids an idea about what is out there as far as a career, I know when I was in high school, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about the idea of, of trying to play and all that, but I wasn't thinking at all about what's out there behind the scenes. And if we can educate as many kids as possible with that, that that'd be, that'd be incredible. Just the people, the kids that they really love the game of baseball. Here's an opportunity for you to stay involved in the game. Uh, and, you know, baseball is such a generational game. You know, you hope it's a case where it's being passed down. I know it's been, you look at our community, there's been a lot of tough things as far as fathers and things being involved with their kids and families. And if we can continue to somehow keep spreading that as far as, one, continue to play the game as long as we can. But also, they, there's other avenues here to work in this game, which is a tremendous game and uh, a chance to make a great living for themselves having an understanding of what the game means uh, and something that the baseball industry network, I've tried to make that part of giving people an opportunity to hopefully be one step closer to where they're trying to get to in the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you're doing great things. Uh, I have one more before we, uh, I'll ask my partner mm-hmm. we'll wrap. Cause uh, I mean, we, we could have you on for another hour. It's the information <laughs> that you're giving is so powerful and I know your schedule's crazy. So we, we're just appreciative that we're able to kind of get you for a little bit here. But the last one I have for you, you kind of, we kind of touched on it this evening, but, I mean, it, the the numbers, uh, African-Americans specifically, have have dwindled. It seemed like they kind of stabilized more recently. Do you see, first off, African-Americans, as far as players, that number, players starting to come back from the African-American community to play baseball. And then the other one is, as far as front office, can we get some more uh, gentlemen like yourself to get opportunities to to be the the man in charge, the general manager, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and and some of the other key roles that you talked about? I mean, it seems like in many sports, that's not the case. I mean, baseball is not the only one, so I don't want to say just specifically mm-hmm. baseball, because if you look at uh, some of the other sports, uh, the numbers, unfortunately, are not the same. You, you may have uh, 
you know, you have you have football. You, you know, you can name really on probably one hand how many African Americans are the actual coach. I mean, we got one here in New York now, mm-hmm. but that, you know that doesn't seem like you know that there's always that opportunity. And I know in the NFL they have the Rooney uh, rule, which has helped. Uh, and I think in baseball it's called the C-League rule. So I know I threw a lot at you, but what, yeah, what, yeah, what can you tell us about about that? Yeah, de- definitely from a player. Let's start from a player standpoint. I mean, we've there's been increased efforts to try to get more kids, especially starting from the grassroots level. We, we've got to remember as a whole, we're losing so many kids by the time they're age 12 or 13 years old. Uh, and that's that's why partially you look at that the kids from the Jackie Robinson West program, uh, Little League program, and how they went, made the, the run to the Little League World Series last year. And you look at what those kids did, and how that provided such a, an element in showing that. And uh, and we we definitely have to do more as far as getting kids in the pipeline of being of going through having a chance to play in programs like I talked about with the White Sox, the things they're doing to give these kids a chance to continue to play and continue to grow and get better is something that we have to continue to do as a whole. Um, we've, we've lost a, lot, a good number of athletes thanks to you know, how the NBA and, and obviously college football and NFL have done a great job of, of do, uh, really marketing and attracting kids to their particular sport. Um, but we, we've got to do a better job of, of getting people out there and getting more participation. And MLB is doing uh, – making a big push in that regard as well, trying to put more programs together. Uh, Actually, today they announced the Texas Rangers are opening up an uh, MLB Urban Academy in West Dallas as as an opportunity to get more kids in that environment. And now you're seeing more and more of those opening up throughout the country uh, in different locations. You know, right now, I mean, they started initially with the one in Los Angeles and Compton, and that one now has now blossomed to a whole bunch of others that are now opening up throughout the country. So we're trying to get more and more kids uh, through so we're not losing kids at age 12, 13 years old. Um, the biggest thing is having people that are involved. Uh, I'm also part of an association, National Urban Baseball Alliance, and um, uh, they're doing a job of trying to look at the various leagues in different cities across the country, little leagues and such, and uh, and also youth, other youth baseball leagues to try to see where we can help their process and how they go through it as far as you know facilities and uh, having a program in place and uh, putting putting money toward that and educating coaches and stuff. So having that kind of thing, we've got to continue to do to get kids through the system. Uh, and then as kids are coming along, hopefully they can get that opportunity to, to have a choice to play, whether professional or college. The biggest thing is this kids getting a chance to get an education first and foremost. I know personally that I would not be where I'm at without getting an education. When I graduated from the University of Maryland, and then that opportunity to get started with the Braves was definitely because of my education that opened up an opportunity. Uh, and as far as how we're trying to increase the pipeline, as far as uh, within front offices, uh, MLB is in the early early stages of trying to put together a, a whole process of trying to be more and more involved in make sure we're targeting you know minority candidates from throughout the, the country that are interested in working in baseball. Uh, I'm, I'm actually I was just recently honored to be put on a new advisory council, uh, which is something that was a big mandate by the commissioner, the new commissioner, Mr. Rob Manfred, and this council will be involved in 
having trying to put together efforts to see if we can do a better job of attracting people into our sport, uh, all minorities, you know, females as well, to provide opportunities for them. Make sure we're going through the process and you know, truly making a strong effort to make sure these names of individuals that are out there that are talented that want to get into our game are having access to get potentially interviewed for those opportunities. Um, and when it comes to the, the ceiling rule, uh, that is something that you know MLB is truly making a, uh, their mark, trying to make sure we're f- closely following that mandate as far as having candidates that are qualified that are available to be talked to for these different openings. You know, there's been a lot, a lot of talking people have talked about recently about like what they call quote unquote title inflation. You know, it's a case for teams to have now a president of baseball operations and then the GM and uh, and those two are still kind of working closely where there's not sometimes not, not a clear delineation who is who as far as the boss there in some of those departments but, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing is trying to uh, people obviously are trying to hold on to their staff as much as they, as much as they can and they're quality people uh, but also we've got to make sure we're getting people into the pipeline to become farm directors become scouting directors uh, and that's part of what we try to do even with the Buck O'Neill Professional Scouts and Coaches Association we're trying to make sure that next set of people are well prepared for those opportunities. So when that does come along and make sure their name is, is getting out there um, to make sure that, that they have an opportunity to then be talked to about or interviewed for these jobs. So, you know, we've, we definitely have still a lot of progress that needs to be made. Uh, but definitely, I think we're starting to see some elements of that. You know, it was, it was great to see Dusty Baker also to get yep. that opportunity in Washington, D.C. Yeah, and no we've, we've got to get more people more people that are in that pipeline as well from a coaching standpoint. Uh, part of this advisory council that MLB has put together is going to be involved in both you know, front offices and field staff. So we're trying to make sure that there is a pipeline looking for people that are potentially those that are on the staffs in the big leagues or in the minor leagues making their way through. Make sure we've located those individuals and make sure they're on the radar. So it's, it's something that's going to be uh, it's truly a work in progress, but definitely I think MLB and Commissioner Manfred is already trying to make this a, a really important part, an element that's going to be a part of his legacy and what he's trying to do here with MLB. No doubt about it. Brett, do you got anything for uh, Tyrone before we let him run? Man, I was just listening to him uh, explain everything. I was just in, in heaven over here listening to it, man. I, I've been so informed. I've never been so informed on baseball. And his, brother's to, ready, but, his brother's ready. His brother's ready to take a team. So look, I'm, I'm ready like, for the opportunity. I'm, like, I'm looking. I'm looking to do a fundraiser, but he got all the bases covered. <laughs> <laughs> fundraiser. He's got the. He's got the budget, yeah, but he's got he's only. His, you know, every team's got a certain budget, and they gotta. They gotta stay within it. You know, we didn't even get into that. I mean, he he could break it down to even more than, than what yeah. I know. I know very little of it, but. Yeah, I tell you, you've been very informative, Tyrone. It's, it, yeah. it, it, I tell you, man, like I said, it, it, it's been a pleasure to have you on and enlighten the audience somewhat of, which is a huge task that you undertake, you know, each and every day. Uh, so we, we, like I said, we, we appreciate your time. We look forward to hopefully getting you on uh, in the near future. We know you got a busy schedule, but definitely – and I know it's coming soon. You become general manager. I know I won't be the first interview because you're gonna have ten thousand mics in front of you <laughs> from from you know we're an internet based, but you know you have all the majors. But we we definitely love to, to get you on and and hopefully um, 
uh, one of the things that we've been successful on in different uh, uh, industries is also uh, interviewing individuals that we may not be aware of that may be doing counterpart, uh, you know, jobs for different other uh, organizations, uh, say like Kansas City or the Dodgers that we just don't know. And yeah. so I, I always welcome, you know, if you have any of those people, which I know you know a ton of them, you know, let us know. We'd love to, sure, you know, to hear definitely. to hear their story and get it out to the to the masses. Which is great about being on the internet is that we're worldwide, and the knowledge. There's nothing greater, and you mentioned it too, education, getting knowledge. There's nothing more powerful than obtaining knowledge and being able to give that knowledge out so people can uh, learn from the people that do it every day. So well, I appreciate uh, it. Definitely. This yeah. is a great platform, and uh, I really appreciate both of you guys allowing me to have this chance to, to talk and talk a little about my story and my journey, but also hopefully this is going to help other people that are trying to make make their, their route to Major League Baseball and uh, find the right opportunity for them as well. So I really appreciate it. So again, before we let you run, the best way for, for individuals would be LinkedIn, the best circle for them to, to kind of get involved yeah. and, and find yeah. out about Definitely. that? Definitely. They can, they can go to LinkedIn and they can look right under the group directory and they'll see the Baseball Industry Network on there. Uh, you can also find find me on Twitter as well. Uh, my, my Twitter address, the Twitter handle is uh, tbrooksbin, which is uh, short for the Baseball Industry Network. And uh, definitely, that's a, a great opportunity to connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, definitely, I, and I definitely welcome people that are interested to, to touch base further with me. Can hit me on LinkedIn for sure. Wow, it's been great. Thank you again. I, I know, uh, unfortunately, the business is there will be some GM jobs open. And I know you're going to have an opportunity to get one of them. <laughs> I know that, you know, because of the business, unfortunately. But fortunately for you, you'll have an opportunity to grab one of them here very shortly. And well, I so, Thank you. Yeah, no, it's going to happen. It's a challenging industry for sure, and uh, hopefully something will happen at some point. And definitely I can hopefully blaze a trail for other people as well that can uh, then come come there behind me and, and have an opportunity as well. So. Well, you've you've already done that, and like I said, we appreciate you coming on. We'll be reaching out to you real soon. Okay. Take care, guys. All right. Yep. Take care. Thanks. Well, Brett, i tell you another tremendous guest and the knowledge and power that he presented this this evening was unbelievable. Yes, sir. Powerful, man. Powerful. Yes. And he's, he's looking for individuals that want to be in the front hey. office. I know, man. I wish I was a young buck, man. I'll be trying Gosh. to get that job myself, man. I know about baseball. I know how to throw the signs up. You know what I'm saying? I tell you, if you want an opportunity, it's here for you. Get your education. That's number one. No one's going to give you anything without getting your education. Education opens so many doors. And remember, networking is key. So, again, thank many thanks to Tyrone Brooks from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Great, great individual doing tremendous things. So, with that said... 
We're going to get on out of here, Brad. Make sure you hit us up. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Facebook, all that good stuff. Twitter. And we'll check you next week. Stay safe. Stay sound. Peace. Peace.